Welcome to the Brain Factor Podcast, hosted by myself, Joy Riddle, and Laura Hawley. We are part of the 50-year legacy of Meridian Behavioral Healthcare, where we believe that wellness is within everyone's reach. This podcast is a conversation about what research-based protective factors look like in real life. Our hope is that you will walk away with something that you can use in your own life and have had some fun with us along the way. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to The Brain Factor. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are going to unpack the protective factor of access to support services, right? Like, what does that even mean? So we're going to talk about what that even means and how we sort of bolster up that protective factor, reduce our risk um, to develop issues uh, and problems down the road, right? Yeah, and we wanted to talk about this today since um, it's May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, this works really well for that because Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about uh, becoming more aware and then what those next steps are when we are, right? So I think before we even kind of get to talking about like our access to help and support, um, how do we even know when we need it? Right. That's a huge part of this is the foundation of that. How do we know when we need it? And one of the things I I really like uh, uh, preach, I guess, for lack of a better word, over and over and over again, is that, uh, you know, so many things that we perceive as mental health um, crises or issues are are actually a normal part of the human experience. Right. The same way, like our physical health, ups and downs and highs and lows and things that go wrong is a normal part of being a human being. Mm depression and anxiety, not just like sadness and nervousness, like depression and anxiety is a normal part of the human experience. Uh, And I think we don't talk about that enough. We can't possibly talk about that enough because it feels so isolating when we are experiencing that. So if it's normal, when is it not? Right. That's such a difficult question to answer. How do you know, you know, how do you know that it's time to seek outside support? Absolutely. And it's really tricky with mental health because like, you know, if I, if I break my foot and I look down and my foot's facing the wrong way, I have the mental clarity to say, gee, my foot's not supposed to do that. I should probably go get some help. Right. Right. But when, when the thing that's not operating properly is impacting my mental clarity and my ability to see that, that yeah. that's even a problem, th- that becomes trickier, right? So Yeah, because sometimes you don't even recognize that. You right, the, right. You and, and how effective is it when we hear from other people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who likes to be told that, right? Like nobody likes to be told that. Um, but it, well, interestingly enough, it actually, the statistics show us that it is effective. People are more likely to seek help if somebody close to them suggests it. Yeah, right? that's that's one of the top reasons I think that someone mm-hmm. will be. And we also, one other thing that we know while you're talking about that person that might suggest it to you is the average person waits 10 years right. to seek help for a mental illness. And mm-hmm. that could be for a lot of different reasons. But if you're a person that can reach it, say, hey, Laura, I think that maybe... You this know, is something you should look into. This is something you should, yeah. yeah, you should go talk to someone about this. Maybe you can cut that 10 years down. Yep. Yep. And that's such a great point. Like yeah. really looking at 
um, how long people wait and what impacts that time, what what reduces that time, right? Um, but even recognizing on a whole. So one of the best analogies mm-hmm. that I, and you've heard me I say love this, this one over it's and over great. and over again, right? I may have even touched on it in a previous podcast now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. It feels I, familiar. Yeah. But I've stolen it since. It's, nice. Yeah. Good. Steal you away. credit three times, then it's mine. <laughs> then it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, is, is really to look at it the same way we look at a sore throat. So if I have a sore throat, I know that I'm not, quote unquote, supposed to have a sore throat. That's not my baseline. Something is wrong. Um, But it's also a pretty normal, abnormal event. I can expect to have a sore throat. I've had a sore throat before in my life. I will have one again. Right. So before, you know, before this pandemic, uh, if I have a sore throat, my first call is not the doctor. Right. right? Um, So there's some things that I know that I can do at home to help get me through this normal, abnormal event. Right. So I can have some hot tea. Warm right. water with warm lemon. water with lemon. Yeah. Right. Maybe I'm I'm going to cancel my dinner plans yeah. because I'm not feeling my best. Right. Uh, and I'm going to have some throat drops. Mm-hmm. But if I do all that and my sore throat doesn't get any better and some time passes, yeah. I'm going to call the doctor and right. I'm going to go, hey, I think I need to come in. I think I need you to look at my throat because nothing I'm doing at home is working. Yeah. If we look at mental health challenges through that same lens, it gives us sort of a blueprint of how to determine when we might need some outside help. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling anxiety. This is an abnormal, abnormal event, right? And there's things that I know that I can do at home. I can, yeah. I can, you know, use all these great tools that we talk about um, every month, right? I can um, take extra care of myself. I can use my self-care plan. I can rely on my resources. I can, I can not go to the, my dinner plans. I can drink hot tea. Some of it's the same, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if some time passes, and in the mental health world, we Still look at about me. two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks or more. And it's impacting my ability to work, carry out my daily activities or enjoy satisfying relationships. Well, my throat drops aren't working and now I probably need to call the doctor, right? Right. So it's really the same sort of litmus test that you're going to want to put it through, right? You're going to want to see like how long has this been going on and what areas of my life is impacting and are the things that I know I can do on my own working? Yeah. So I get anxiety every now and then. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's related to, you know situational. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's situational and I know it's going to be, and maybe I do some breathing or some other kind of hacks to make things better. Like we've talked about in mm-hmm. a different episode, but if it's persisting right, for a long period of time or happening more frequently or uh, none of my, my hacks or my tricks are working for me. Right. Then you need to go seek someone, seek some outside support and Mm -hmm. help, you know, and that's and, and, you know, it's interesting because I experience some anxiety as well. And I think I think a lot of us get situation anxiety, but I do get anxiety sometimes for I say seemingly no reason, because there's always going to be some reason it's not in my level of awareness. I'll just suddenly feel some anxiety. I'll be watching television with my husband and I'll just be like, Ooh, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling this, this anxiety. Right. And there's things I absolutely know that I can do. Right. A lot of times I'm vulnerable to that. If I'm not getting enough sleep, right. If I'm not drinking enough water and staying hydrated, you know, sometimes it's hormonal for me, right. Certain times of the month I might feel anxiety where I didn't before. Right. Um, and so I'll, that's usually like a cue for me, like, Oh, okay. How am I not taking care of myself to the best of my ability? Mm -hmm. Let me put some of those things back in place. And then I feel better. Well, if all of a sudden I put those things back in place, I go, you know what? It's none of those things because I'm still feeling a lot of anxiety and it's not getting better. Now I'm having trouble at work and now I'm having trouble at home. And now I don't even want to go grocery shopping. Right. Okay. Maybe I'm going to need to make a phone call now because my 
my throat chops aren't working. Right. So, um, I think that's step number one, if we're going to talk about access to support services, I, I really think it's, it's three things. It's how do I know I need it? Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? And then how do I get it? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so now we've kind of covered how, how do I know I need it? Um, let, tell us a little bit about what it is. What are support services? Well, support ser- services are anything that's going to support you or intervene in in what's going on with you. Yeah. So um, maybe prescription cough drops, if you have right. to say it, you know, like. or, you know, pulling out your big guns, seeing your therapist, right. um, talking with someone at your church, mm-hmm. um, talking to a friend, um, what are those supports in your life and what's out there in your community that you yeah. can access when, when you need help? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's, um, important. So I've, I have a friend, uh, right now who mm-hmm. is, um, grieving. She's, yeah. um, having a very difficult time with the loss of her brother. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's grieving. Um, and, and grief is, um, unfortunately a normal part of the human experience as well. Right. Um, but nothing about grieving feels normal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, there's no comfort in that. Yeah. Right. So she's, um, so she's struggling and, and on all of that, but she's, uh, looking at um, now support groups of other people who are grieving, right? Yeah. Because her throat chops aren't working, mm-hmm. right? She's not not feeling better um, in that grief, not yeah. figuring out what to do with that grief. And so some people who are going through a similar experience or have been there before, um, she's feeling like maybe she can learn from them. So that's sort of her next step is to find that support group. And I thought of that when you said church, because I think she's found it through her, her church. I think that's where yeah. she found that. But, yeah. uh, but you know, churches have those things sometimes. Um, mental health organizations, obviously, we're going to be partial to Meridian. That's what this yeah. podcast <laughs> is powered by. Um, but, you know, we're not the only ones, uh, but we do have, you know, great services for things like that and, and yeah. groups and things and a, that you can plug into continuum of services from sure. prevention through longer term residential care. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I, what I think too is important if we're talking about support services that, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like a counselor, a therapist, like yeah. clinical treatment based care. Absolutely. But that's not the only thing you're going to find at a professional organization that offers support services. Yeah. You're going to find those groups. Yeah. You're going to find classes. Yes. Uh, you know, like you mentioned prevention, um, yeah. you know, that's the arena that I work in. And so you're going to find, um, you know, some health, public health education classes where yeah. you might could learn some new things mm-hmm. uh, about how to navigate what you're going through. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and sometimes even like in the support services might be, I love when you said, or, or call a friend, you know, like there's your phone, a friend, right? Like who in my life, who's my lifeline, Yes, who in my life can support me. And I think, um, and I'm going to like totally go off on a tangent now, but like, I think uh, along those lines and it bears, um, addressing, uh, you know, a lot of us are, are blessed to have like a person, right? So my person, I tell everything to, this is my person I lean on, this is my person it doesn't mean that's the person that can help you with everything, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have a legal problem, I'm not going to go to my doctor. If I have a right. medical problem, yeah. I'm not going to go to my lawyer, right? right? So like <laughs> you have to go to the right person for the job, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so when we're when we're in this place where we're like, okay, you know, my cough drops aren't working and let me go get some support. Yeah. I think it's very important to identify who the best support person is. Well, and you I know? think, you know, speaking from, you know, Meridian's standpoint, um, again, this podcast is powered by Meridian. So, you know, call Meridian. We have an access line. So yeah. you can call that access line or you can go to our website, 
click on a telehealth button and get to speak with someone yeah. you know, that can help you because you might not know what the support is that you need, but our, you know, professional people can talk to you and help you determine that, help you figure out what it is. Or yep. if you're not aware from where you're listening of who your community mental health center is, call your general practitioner's office, start there, you know, yeah. if you need to, they can help direct you if you're, if you're not sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important conversation to have too, mm -hmm. is that your primary care physician knows so much more about this yeah. stuff than you're giving him mm -hmm. or her credit for, right? yeah. Just general, generally speaking, right? Yeah. Um, I really do think that like primary care over, over the you know past decade or so has become so well-versed mm -hmm. on screening for, for stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that's made them a really good resource and, and a really good way to get some. So if, you know, if, um, you know, if therapy scares you, I hope it, I, I don't want it to, I hope it doesn't, it shouldn't, but you know, some people are still holding on to some of those, some of those arm um, archaic feelings, you know, um, yeah. start with primary care. It, that could be, you know, take a little baby step there. You know, you're talking about archaic feelings mm -hmm. right there. So, and that brought me back to something else, a recent conversation. I had someone where sometimes you might be worried about seeking care because of, archaic business practices, yes. or ar archaic regulations. Um, after a recent podcast, someone contacted me and said, well, I'm in this particular industry and there are these regulatory things that say if mm. I seek mental health, then I can't do my job because obviously right. I'm mentally ill. And that goes, yeah, because now I'm considered yeah. a danger because of the nature right. of what I do. So but it's just, it's so yeah. archaic. I'm sure that policy is someone just hasn't caught that up yet, yeah. but it exists. And those archaic mm -hmm. feeling, feelings or emotions or thoughts about mental health, you know, there's no better time to talk about those than during Mental Health Awareness Month. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and policies like that, unfortunately, do still exist um, yeah. in certain industries or even just in certain pockets of certain industries. And mm -hmm. what that creates is is it just creates an environment where people are 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 really um, delaying getting help, yeah. delaying getting assistance. And if they if they were ever, if those policies were ever put in place as a means to help people, it's certainly doing the opposite now, you know? Yeah. So if you're, and I, and I stress that so importantly for, you know, if, if we have employers out there, if we have anybody listening or watching that is in a position to create some of those policies or eliminate some of those policies, I would urge you to really look at that because if you're thinking in terms of like, how does this benefit the company, even if you're just right. looking at it through a company lens, right? If you have somebody who has the flu, wouldn't you mm -hmm. want them to know that they could go to the doctor and get flu treatment instead of, you know, instead of coming in sick and, and, and not doing their job well and getting other people sick. I mean, mental health doesn't work the same way, but yeah. like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's obviously worse to have someone come and attempt to do their job, um, when they are ill versus allowing them the space and the time and the permission, if you will, um, to go get the help that they need. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I think maybe when those archaic business practices are in place, they're related to the archaic thoughts. About Absolutely. Mental illnesses and all the things throughout our history that we thought that about it's dangerous and people are violent illnesses. and people are, yeah, yes. yeah, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, and As I know. broadened to mental health. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And and realistically, like there's there's actually no link 
mm-hmm. between mental illness and violence. None, right? But yeah. if you look at um, what the media tells us, yes, movies and songs and television and news, right? And the conversations that are surrounded it. And here's where I, I see where some of that comes from is, is our... Um, and I don't say this as a criticism, but our kind of lack of understanding um, about some of the, um, not just mental health, but but we don't understand mental health as a society, and then we don't understand violence, and so we link them together, right? Because, because (laughs) and and where we see that show up is the uncomfortable conversation when there is an act of violence, Mm -hmm. and someone says, well, they must have been mentally ill because no one would do that, right? Well, then that opens the door for the whole conversation that, yes, sometimes people do bad things and and it doesn't necessarily mean it's linked to mental illness, right? But the science supports that there's no link there, right? Um, But logic supports that when things go untreated and fear enters the picture and fight or flight enters Mm -hmm. the picture and environments become unpredictable and they're not supported, if violence is ever going to enter the picture, that's where it's going to live. I mean, that's just logical, right? So let's get people the help that they need when they need it. Um, we also have the issue if if people aren't seeking help. So like, you know, like the person that reached out to you, they work in an industry. Let's say that person needed some support and they yeah. go, nope, I can't get it. So that's off the table for me, right? Now all this time passes. What do you think is happening in that time? Yeah. Things are co-occurring, mm-hmm. maybe self-medicating, right? Negative coping skills are developing. The problem just becomes compounded, compounded, compounded. And then, yes, recovery is always possible, but it sure gets harder, Yeah, you know, where we can go to the doctor, get what we need to get the sore throat taken care of and get back to work, right? Even as a business owner, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that? Maybe (laughs) your sore throat is depression. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's get that taken care of. Exactly. And let's get to feeling better, being more present in our lives, Mm -hmm. more productive. Right. Um, But yeah, that, I mean, we kind of got off on a tangent there, but I think it's so reflective of um, just stigma in general. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. much stigma still exists. And I love you were recently asked a question about like, why, why is there still so much stigma? Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember we had this like robust conversation in your office recently about like, gosh, that's such a great question, you know? Right. And you gave me, when we had that conversation, you gave me this really great example of, um, a, uh, maybe a little bit older woman, not old, but older than, these young people that saw her maybe experiencing some type of um, mental health crisis and they came and they talked to her and then they went away. (gasps) Yes. This was the most beautiful, you know? Yes. So one of the things, and I, I, I I was looking at you deer in the headlights. I was like, Oh gosh, what was the story? I was just going to keep telling the story. story? But then it came together. Um, for me, but yes. So one of the things, um, that I, and I love to, would love to highlight this for mental health awareness month. Like if you are watching or listening and you are in your twenties, you are winning. Your generation is winning. winning. Okay. (laughs) Because there are some things that I see out of this generation Mm -hmm. that, um, we haven't previously seen that is so the way that, um, people in that age bracket are treating each other and are talking about mental health issues and are aware of it. I mean, like mental, just like take care of your mental health, mental illness as a weakness. You guys don't own that. We own that. We did that. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, so that's not, you know, so I, so I have so much, um, 
hope and joy that comes out of seeing what's happening. And I saw a great illustration yes. of that recently. So I have a friend um, who, and see, you threw me because you said older woman. She's my age. We're not well, old. No, I'm I kidding. Well, I older than the 20-year-old. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's Craig. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, but uh, older than you. <laughs> so I have a friend who's also in her 40s, and uh, she has um, gone back to law school. And uh, gone to law school, not back. She went to law school. And that has been, um, you know, come with a unique set. I mean, law school is hard no matter what, right? Yeah. But like if you're in your 40s and you have a family and she's got teenagers and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So it comes with a different, whole different layer of experiences that maybe your peers aren't, your, your classroom peers are not experiencing. So she had a particularly difficult day on campus where she was feeling like, um, uh, she couldn't be there for one of her kids. It was like yeah. the first time ever, you know? And I mean, her husband was, it was fine. He went, but she didn't, right? So she kind of had a moment. She was on top of all the work and the stress and all that. So she had a moment and she um, shed some tears in the student center in a corner she thought was a little private. Uh, and a group walked by her and they were like, hey, are, are you okay? And these were the typical aged college students. You know, hey, you, college you okay? Students. And she was like, I'm fine. It's just, you know, it's been a little rough. Okay. Well, they walked away. They circled back around and they had gone to some vending machine or some stand or something. They got her a snack and they were like, Hey, we, we don't really know what's going on with you, but we just want you to, you know, know that, you know, we're, we're here for you and we hope you're okay. And they gave her like a biscotti or something yeah. and a hug. And, yes. and, I, yeah. and she was like, what just happened? You know? And yeah. I just thought that was just such a beautiful story and a great display of, um, like how this generation really does take care yeah, of people just there innately. Are, are time, yeah, yes, that's the difference. Mm, it's just there are automatic. Times in the past, through my lifetime, where we just go, like, okay, look, there's yeah, a crazy I'm old lady crying in the hallway. Right? I'm turning my head away and acting like yes. I don't see it. Yes, yep. So I think I think those are the takeaways, right? So it's. Um, you know, we're talking about mental health awareness month, stigma, take a look at stigma, take a look at what archaic things we're still carrying around, right? Know that this is part of being a normal human being, right? Yeah. Uh, do the things you can do at home and know that, you know, two weeks or more impacting your life in ways that are negative. Let's go get some help. And that help doesn't always have to be professional, but if, and when it is, we've got crisis response teams, we've got uh, community behavioral health centers in, in just about any community or nearby, if you're in a rural area, right? Google that stuff. Know it before you need it. Know what your county crisis hotline numbers are. Suicide text line. Go online to, yeah. to these places like Meridian where we have the ability, if you're in a crisis, to tap in to telehealth and talk to somebody in real time if you need it, right? And then none of that replaces you know, getting in with a therapist, which sometimes can be a wait, sure, right? Yeah. Getting in with a therapist and uh, going through a treatment plan and really like having that be a healthy part of your life. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think that kind of covers the whole, the whole gamut of yeah. that. But uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, um, you know, be a little more in tune with yourself. Be like those 20-year-old kids that gave my friend a biscotti. Yeah, definitely. We all want to be like those <laughs> yep. friends, you know, and if you're in the North Central Florida area, definitely um, look at Meridian, go to our website, mbhci.org. Take a look at the services that we have. Um, even if you don't need those, you may be able to recommend those to a friend. Or if you're in the state of Florida, hey, listen, you can access our telehealth. I, I don't need my fire extinguisher today either, yes. but I keep it up to date and I know where it is. So right. maybe take a look at it in case you need it one day, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Thanks for joining us today on the uh, Brain Factor. We're so happy that you spent the day, the morning or these 25 minutes or so with us. Um, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. So um, be aware. 
be aware of what's going on with your friends and be like the two people in Laura's story that, Mm -hmm. you know, gave someone a hug and a biscotti (laughs) when they saw that she was having a little bit of a stress. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to The Brain Factor. Joy and I are so thrilled to be having these needed conversations. We'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. So if you could drop a comment or leave a review with your thoughts or any requests that you may have, it would be appreciated. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Living a healthier and happier life starts with one step, and we're excited to be on this journey with you. Until next time.